Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Edge of Tomorrow, starring Tom Cruise. The film has a $178 million budget and at the time of recording has made over $300 million back, maybe more. Lloyd, it is another big blockbuster here. Yeah, I remember you talking about the trailer of it in one of our earlier podcasts and how excellent it looked and um, I got to admit the trailer looked amazing. I got to agree, that's what hyped me up for it. I mean, we've done uh, Tom Cruise's latest film, Oblivion. We Mm -hmm. missed Jack Reacher, actually, that was in between. Uh, but this one, you know, looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I had, I saw it with about four or five friends, and they all loved it. They were so blown away by the movie. I think that's a lot to do with the director, Doug Liman, really. Yeah. Um, I think Tom Cruise is a little bit generic Tom Cruise here. There's nothing extra special. I think the comedy in this film, the amount of sort of uh, learning he has to do to um, become a good soldier, that's really what helps the film along. Where yeah. you can't... He can't find a way of, um, what is it, uh, his gun. He can't figure out how to turn it on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, the safety's on. You know, the, yeah. that, for instance, is really funny. Seeing that kind of band of misfits kind of become something better was good. Yeah, uh, but I wish I had more of that, but I, I've got no complaints with the movie. But if I had to say one, that would probably be it. I would like to see a lot more of the misfits. Yeah, I thought they were a little bit underused, yeah. but... Um, you sort of you get to know everything about them through that little exposition where he's like and you you joined because of this reason and stuff but it's it's implied that he's gotten to know them all much better absolutely look um, my gripe before I even started watching the film was that I had over 20 minutes of ads and oh oh, really (laughs) now we it's not exactly a new release we watched it in the second week it was out so new films when they go to the cinema often have like you know 15 minutes plus worth of trailers or whatever but more than 10 minutes of ads then i sat through gone girl the uh, trailer for that one fincher's new one yep dawn of the planet of the apes uh jersey boys and then transformers 4 before about another five plus minutes of ads wow so by the time it started i was exhausted yeah that's interesting just waiting for it to begin and i'm prompt i i will turn up before the start time of a film but maybe i shouldn't be (laughs) yeah that's really interesting you bring that up because movies are getting longer like uh, i heard transformers four or five whatever they're the new one four yeah like the running time is huge and if you're saying like the trailers and the commercials on top of that like it's like you have to spend all day at the cinema it's like going back to the old days of greed you know like the four hour cuts or intolerance you know by dw griffith you know movies are just becoming a whole all day event yes that's the thing isn't it it's like a double feature (laughs) transformers by the way it's obviously come out it's being savaged by critics at the moment yeah i heard it was terrible even by its strong defenders yes and um that makes me want to kind of watch it (laughs) but i heard i heard michael bay say uh you know who cares let the haters hate are they still going to come watch my film and so now i'm kind of boycotting it you know like just because he thinks he's still going to make money of everyone you know what i mean like it's 
his stance. I didn't really. Uh, I, I have choice. nothing. I, I sort of went off about Transformers in Pacific Rim that podcast. Yeah. I was very, very aggressive to it. Now I, I, I just want to get this clear. I don't have anything against Michael Bay. I love The Rock. I think he does action with a lot of love and passion, and his films look incredible. Um, but I'm not a fan of uh, Transformers. I saw the first one. I went, yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I love the original cartoon, but uh, yeah, it just doesn't interest me. Well, I think. I mean, it's resetting the franchise. You don't have to watch Shia LaBeouf. I don't know that Mark Wahlberg is really the right guy. I thought um, it was an interesting choice. Like, oh, cool, you know, Mark Wahlberg, you know, really interesting. But then if I remember that awful movie that we were going to review in our podcast, that muscle gain and pain or pain and gain. Pain and gain, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that movie was terrible. We actually did record some of that podcast, guys, pain and gain, but... Um, then I think there was an audio problem, if I remember correctly. And uh, to be honest, neither of us wanted to talk about the film ever again. <laughs> we we recorded, you know, 40 minutes or whatever on Pain and Gain, just about all the things we hated about it. And then you, you can't replicate that kind of, you know, first-time annoyance, <laughs> I guess. So I think, you know, you've got Groundhog Day elements here. You've got, I don't know, have you seen Source Code with um, Jake no, Gyllenhaal? No, I still haven't seen that. I should mention we're going to do some spoilers here on Edge of Tomorrow. We always do on our podcast, but I don't usually get five minutes into the film before I enter the podcast without mentioning it. Mm. Guys, uh, we always talk about our films with spoilers in mind. So if you haven't seen Edge of Tomorrow, we are going to definitely ruin it. This was uh, right up your alley as well with the time travel. Did that sit well with you or is this more a mythical sort of time travel element film to what what you like? Well, this is less time travel and more video game because sure it sort of resets back to like as if you've lost a life and you reset back to the start of the video game and the game is the same you're playing it you know you've got to get further and further in the game well i thought the repetition wouldn't sit well with the audience and it goes back to what you said about the sense of humor and all credit to the director was how interesting he made the repetition um, uh, th- that's what really got me because I thought, oh my gosh, is they, are, they, are they serious? They're going to keep resetting it and audiences are going to be bored. But there is so much evolution in Tom Cruise. I, I think I want to credit both the actor and the director in this, but there's that point where you can tell he's falling in love with Emily Blunt. Like he's really falling for her. And it's over a period of montage when he just keeps watching her. And it might be something traumatic, like watching this girl die and spending so much time with her. Like, gosh, knows. for all we know, they could have spent an eternity um, her dying over and over again. You don't know. But there is that sense you really feel it, like he's really falling for her. And they get away with that through the repetition. And huge credit to the director and actor on that. Well, Emily Blunt is fantastic. Oh, yeah. You brought her up on one of our previous podcasts, and I didn't know who she was because I hadn't seen Devil Wears Prada. And now that I have seen her and I have seen Devil Wears Prada, yeah, you're right. She's she's fantastic. A very beautiful woman. Because <laughs> I, I, I have only seen her in Devil Wears Prada, guys. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm basing this on. <laughs> um, look, I don't know if you know who Kick Gurry is. He's uh, one of the misfit guys. He's an Aussie... Um, and he seems to be blowing up a little bit. He's going to be in Jupiter yeah, Ascending. He, I think he was in uh, I Died With a Falafel in my hand. Um, well, he was in Garage Days. I'm not sure we're talking about the same guy. You oh, might okay. be talking about Noah Taylor. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, the doctor guy who was talking to them. Yeah, that's the guy that I'm talking Yeah, that's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, so that's Noah Taylor. Oh, okay. Um, Kick Gurry. Just, uh, 
you know, just strange to see him in such like a big budget Hollywood film because all he's been in is, I mean, he was in, in the TV series Offspring and Garage Days and um, Looking for Alibrandi and just, you know, like Australian stuff. So, I mean, it's really great to see him doing well as well. But um, I think my favourite casting is probably besides like we're talking about Emily Blunt and stuff besides that I really like Bill Paxton in this Master Sergeant role yeah because me and my brother both absolutely love aliens and it's great to see him as a sergeant sort of like a throwback to that military type role he played in aliens obviously he didn't play a sergeant in um, aliens but it was just fantastic he is so perfectly cast (laughs) I thought he was fantastic Um, I did think it was a little bit flimsy that after Tom Cruise's character, William Cage, which I don't like the name, but um, <laughs> after Major William Cage uh, tries to blackmail um, Brendan Gleeson's character, uh, that he's sort of aw- wakes up in handcuffs and he's kind of, you know, forced to go on the front line. I felt like that was kind of flimsy. It sure. felt like, you know, they could have made him disappear down a, a rabbit hole, really. I mean... They can do whatever they want, apparently. It's just yeah. no And it is wartime sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And they're getting ready to invade France, and he's going to have to, you know, yeah, immediately. Don't know. But um, the way they did Emily Blunt's backstory, how she's the angel of Verdun, and, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, wow, she's a, what is it, full metal bitch? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> All that sort of stuff. She had so much before you even sort of see her. Build up. And you see her for the first time, I'm pretty sure, in battle. But before you see her, she has such a mythology yeah. about her. Um, and I think the giant blade and stuff she had. That was um, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, that's definitely referencing something. I'm, I'm not I, I want to sure say it. it's anime because a lot of the mech suits have, uh, definitely look like it's uh, almost like Japanese uh, anime. And yep. uh, But the creature designs are definitely Western, I think. Um, they're like ocean, almost like creatures... Fl- um, swimming like they're like they're caught in that ocean sort of look, although not in the ocean. Um, I thought that was really interesting. What's well, interesting, yeah, for sure. The um, the beach landing scene. I mean, since Saving Private Ryan, watching this kind of thing is has got something to top. You know what I Absolutely, mean? Absolutely, yeah. That's a good point. I think beach landing scenes are great, and I did feel like this is where all the money went special effects and uh explosions and the 178 million dollars i mean that's that's where it is on screen wouldn't you agree yeah absolutely (laughs) to a point i felt like the film got smaller there's a film called the happening with ironically mark Wahlberg and zoe de chanel and uh it's an m night Shyamalan film one of the worst movies ever made yeah and just some quick spoilers not really about plot or whatever but the the film seems to have a big budget at the beginning of the film and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as it goes along and to a point where you are watching it and going really this is like it's two people in a room this feels like an independent film by the end (laughs) um we had a bit of that with this film because all the money and everything is in that beach scene there's scenes where it's sort of the smaller quieter stuff going on uh where they're they're sitting before the helicopter and he can't um you know can't get into it because she knows she's never made it past the helicopter remember that bit yeah and then just kind of building towards that big finale i don't know i i'm not sure that i loved the ending lloyd oh, okay 
think that's where I'm heading. Uh, which um, part do you mean? Do you mean the climax where they attack the Louvre, or do you mean just after that, like um, where he lets off his uh, grenades and then think the blood the- mashes with him, and gosh knows if he's an immortal or something. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't that? When they're going to the Louvre, uh, and all of the guys kind of sacrifice themselves in that way. Yep. I'm not sure I liked any of that. Okay. The way he resets things, this is what kind of bugged me, I guess. The way he resets things after exploding the grenades, I thought the visual of uh, Tom Cruise falling backwards in the water, releasing the grenade pins from his fingers, basically giving this big middle finger to the, yeah. to the aliens, was hugely iconic. I loved that. Don't get me wrong. But... There was an issue with uh, the cinema where I watched it, Lloyd. I'm going to share it with you now. It rewound? um, (laughs) Sorry? Did it rewind? No, no. I think it was much worse. As I watched it, um, the explosion occurs and uh, that blew out the speakers in my cinema. Oh, no. So after he wakes up on the helicopter, it was dead silent. And I thought, this is a really brave choice of Doug Lyman. <laughs> silence is very powerful. And used here, you're watching Tom Cruise land in absolute silence. Maybe he's blown out his eardrums or something. Um, all right. And so he gets off. Oh, yeah, the yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's blown his eardrums. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, I like this. Uh, and then he jumps down. He goes and uh, he's never been thrown into any wartime scene. Um, and... Basically, I think the gist of what I got, you might have to help me fill in some blanks here, but the gist of what I got was that they were never invading or that they were defeated. The aliens? Yeah, because... They were defeated. They um, went unopposed. Uh, The first batch of soldiers uh, that went across Europe went unopposed. They just found dead bodies of the aliens. Right, because they couldn't... um see what they were going to do they had no kind of mind reading time travel yeah, anything every I, I don't want to list it but there are so many films that end with the independence day ending and that is kill the mothership and then all the drones die you know sort of like avengers how they got the nuclear bomb off and then all the robots died um and it, it pretty much exactly what that's what exactly what happened in edge of tomorrow to the villains right um so besides the fact that we've seen it before um, in a way, everything we've watched doesn't matter because he's been a hero off camera for all of them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yep. he's just arriving in their minds. He's never done anything. He's still an advertising guy. Yeah. Um, he's never met Emily Blunt because she doesn't recognize him at the end, which she definitely says some line there where uh, she's like, can I help you or something yep. right before credits roll? And it was all still silent in my theater. Um, and then the credits started playing with no music and I thought, wow, this is definitely stuffed up. (laughs) Did you complain? Yeah. And, uh, I don't think that, I mean, that's definitely factored into my reading of the ending. The fact that I didn't really enjoy my cinematic experience. Oh, no, they ruined Edge of Tomorrow for you, Dave. That's criminal. And uh, yourself as a projectionist, you must have been infuriated. Well, I mean, the the thing is, they it's all digital. This isn't exactly how when I did projection with with film. Uh, But, yeah, I think it was just the cinema I was in. 
I'll say Greater Union. I won't say anything else. <laughs> and um, the, uh, I don't know, everyone else in there just kind of left and didn't complain and nobody cared. But I cared, Lloyd. It really bothered me. Absolutely. So, you like you should. You love movies. Well, that's why we do this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> but I guess then I got to think about the ending and I was like, I mean, I don't know why he jumps back that far first mm-hmm. of all like why he doesn't reset to the same point uh it's a different you know different time thing so i mean i guess you can kind of say whatever does he now have the power to reset time yeah he- there's a lot of questions more uh yeah a lot of questions asked at the end of that well i i like to think that when he came in he gives such a look to emily blunt um, like a, a really passionate look um, at her and she would have obviously had been through Verdun and so I think with a little explanation they'll live happily ever after that's what I like to think in my mind what I don't understand is what's happened to him now like with that blood infused in him is he immortal is he you know like yeah <laughs> I wonder how long blood stays in your system like your body regenerates blood but he had like- so much of it eh refreshes it as well i mean it's interesting that the explosion didn't destroy his body or whatever Mm. i mean he must have been alive enough that you know the blood could infuse with him or whatever um i guess in a way we got the super happy ending where tom cruise is the hero like you say independence day all the aliens are dead um the humans win which is what you want but i think maybe it would have been a better film if I wasn't worried there was going to be a sequel. Do you think there'll be a sequel? Maybe. I don't think so. No, you don't think so? You don't think aliens like to come back? (laughs) It's like Oblivion. I don't think there'll be a sequel to Oblivion. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a sequel to, um, was it World War Z? I think there's a sequel to Independence Day, you were saying as well. (laughs) Yeah, they were developing one. I'm not sure where it's up to. Sure. Doesn't sound good either. But aliens come back. If things make enough money... Aliens come back. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But um, I guess maybe if he had died and stayed dead, but like it would have been worth it because he'd saved everybody, you know, the self-sacrificing kind of way. And all of them as well. Emily Blunt, the whole team, him. Yeah, you're right. I think I would have preferred it if he had been a martyr because he starts off as a big coward. And so his journey is to ultimately, I think sacrifice himself to save everybody rather than you know save everybody nobody knows he was ever attached to them like that's the ultimate kind of sacrifice it's like and another spoiler here guys for the butterfly effect in the butterfly effect ashton kutcher every time he influences amy smart's character's life it turns out bad yeah yeah it just gets worse to the point where he eliminates himself completely from the picture killing himself in the womb by wrapping the umbilical cord around himself killing himself uh so that he's never in her life and therefore this is the director's cut by the way um in the um sorry the director's cut he wraps the umbilical cord around himself kills himself so that she has a nice life never meets him and you know is okay ultimate sacrifice she'll never know anything about him she'll never know he existed right yep but in the just quickly in the non- director's cut in the theatrical version um he goes back and just never meets or he meets her and he tells her to stay away from him or whatever and or you know he's mean to her so she they're not friends as children and then 
when he's grown up he passes her in the street and there's this look of recognition but she seems to be doing well and he's doing well so them not being in each other's lives is the best thing i guess i just wanted uh an ending that i don't know this was super hollywood you know um everybody happy I, i agree with you i think that would have been a much better ending absolutely him dying and just to seal that and i would have left the cinema going wasn't that beautiful but i have to admit i had the same reaction at the end of it i there was a like it was so likable emily blunt and tom cruise and just uh, his physicality like how much tom cruise threw himself into the fight like there's a scene where he just doesn't care he's really aggressive and he lets people die he's just killing people killing things without looking walking forward and he flies that helicopter and he's just so you know he's really changed now you really see the change in tom cruise and I don't know, there was just a huge part of me that just wanted to see him with her because he loved her so much and he, uh, the physical damage he's taken both mentally, you know, and, and emotionally, it's, uh, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I didn't hate the film. I guess I just, um, I maybe wanted a different ending that I wasn't going to get. I'm just wondering, I mean, Tom Cruise is like, you know, big megastar. I'm just wondering... If he's ever died in a movie. Can I just roll through these movies? I'm just on his IMDb page. I don't think he's ever been killed in a movie. Oh my gosh, don't say that. Really? Well, I don't know. Let's talk it out a little bit. Ready? <laughs> Let's have um, a look. I got his IMDb open. Alright, we'll go we'll go down from the top. So Edge of Tomorrow, he lives. <laughs> right? That's the most recent one. Oblivion, Oblivion he dies. Technically he dies. But he's there's heaps of him. <laughs> so does he die? <laughs> we'll leave that one to the audience huh all right well you can listen to our oblivion podcast it's one of our other ones jack reacher you've seen he lives he lives of course he's he's invincible in jack reacher rock of ages Ages, he lives um mission impossible he lives there's a fifth one coming out night and day he lives valkyrie you seen Uh, that yeah he dies in valkyrie there we go boom does he yep Okay. It's based on the guy who tried to kill Adolf Hitler. Um, it was failed and he was executed through a firing line. Uh, that actually happened. And I think oh, Valkyrie is okay. an extremely underrated movie. See, I guess we got to see him die over and over and over again in Edge of Tomorrow. Which uh, was kind of the appeal because if you're a Tom Cruise fan, you want to see him win and save the day. Collaterally dies as well, mind you. One of the best bad guys I've ever seen in a movie directed by my favorite, Michael Mann. (laughs) He does. He dies on the train. And what about Um, Vanilla Sky? Well, you know, he's in a dream. Oh, okay. And he wakes up or something. Yeah, he wakes himself up and he's not dead, obviously. Did you like Vanilla Sky? Sorry to get away from Edge of Tomorrow. No, look, it's fine. We can deter as much as we like. <laughs> We're still talking about Tom Cruise. I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Um, I liked a lot of stuff about Vanilla Sky. Um, Noah Taylor was actually in that as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Now that I'm just I remembering. So. Um, yeah, like I like a lot of stuff about Vanilla Sky. Mm, I guess watching it the very first time was a really different experience because I didn't realize it was based on yeah same I thought it was so dreamlike I thought wow this is amazing (laughs) and then I found it was a remake I'm like oh and at the time I mean um look it's 2001 I'm working at the cinema I'm watching everything that comes out and anything that has a twist I'm seeing it day one or two sort of thing like right away uh, not paying any money for it 
And so everything with a twist, I'm learning that twist. I'm discovering it organically rather yeah. than reading about how about that twist or something, you know, um, as sort of some movies were, have been ruined for me. One of them is Saw. Yep. Have you seen Saw? Yeah, I've seen Saw. I thought it was brilliant. Look, definitely. But uh, unfortunately, I had the ending of it ruined oh, no. for me. So it's one of those things, you know, just if you see something, you kind of enjoy it more if, you know, it's first time through. Like watching The Sixth Sense, for example, the person next to me said, I think he's dead, whispered it to me halfway through the film. <laughs> And so then I'm watching the second half of the film with that in my head. <laughs> and obviously they're correct. So I'm like, oh, that's annoying that they were right. And I knew the uh, somebody spoiled the ending for Sixth Sense for me as well, but I still actually really enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed it, but it was just like the first time I'm watching it, somebody saying that to you rather than yeah. saying, it, you know, I mean, there'd been clues, but yeah, you can't always win. Um, all right, so this has been episode 95 of Pod Me If You Can. I really enjoyed Edge of Tomorrow. Obviously, you did too, Lloyd. Yep, I recommend everyone to go see it. And my criteria for a really good movie is will I buy the Blu-ray? And I'll definitely be buying this on Blu-ray. I think I would really enjoy it at, a, in, at an home setting too, like yeah. uh, being able to rewind different parts, the amount of special effects and, and work that's gone into that beach scene and there's just something about those groundhog stories where you can relive each day and and do it back perfectly that's just something that rekindles in all of us because it it, like a memory a bad memory like oh if i could have just done this differently and we all have that in us like i think that movie this movie and groundhog day tapped into those sort of desires yeah but i mean as well about time which we've reviewed was him by the end reliving each day he would go through a day and then go back and relive the day yep. with no fears and worries and whatever and knowing everything that was going to happen. And that was very... I think for humans in general, it's the unknown. Yeah, We don't know how each day is going to go. Each day could be our last. I mean, it's one of those things where you want more control than you have. Yeah, And so being in control like this is something we really respond to, I think. so. Yeah, well said. Is it, it was a very good film and like Doug Lyman I think is a very good director I've seen almost everything he's ever done and I mean this is going back and seeing things in the theatre as well so I'm a sort of a quiet supporter of him I've noticed um, some of the people I've jumped on and supported uh, like just you know talking about on this podcast and stuff uh, the director of Looper is now been, directing Star Wars <laughs> yeah he's, and the guy who did Chronicle remember we talked about Chronicle mm-hmm has been tapped for another spin-off of Star Wars, but, like, they're keeping everything hush-hush, so nothing is really being leaked. They could do something like Marvel, how well they've just done with the Marvel universe, and every standalone movie has its own trilogy, and and that's just pure credit to the writers and directors for pulling that off, you know? Like, it, it's really hard to do, to get one film right, and they're just doing it right, left, right, and centre, you know, with all those spin-offs and, and then eventually culminating with the Avengers. So credit to this day and age. I think uh, everyone's doing really well. And I have some, uh, like, intrigue about, you know, Ben Affleck as Batman, as we all do. And whether or not Justice League will be a good film and whether or not they're rushing into it. Because after Man of Steel, which we've seen and reviewed, next is Man of Steel 2, which is what, Batman v Superman or whatever. Uh, Dawn of Justice, sorry. (laughs) 
Well, um, DC have have the biggest ace in the hand out of all out of all the franchises with Christopher Nolan, but I just think he's so exhausted and bored with the Batman and superhero movies. I, I I just don't see him coming back to direct another one, but maybe he could. Like because like I like Zack Snyder's vision. I just don't think he's a capable director. Um, to do really hardcore subjects, unless he's got a brilliant screenwriter, unless he's armed with one of them, because uh, like Man of uh, Man of Steel has got really negative reviews, um, but I didn't think it was that bad. But you know, it's just going to be like that. I don't think Batman and Superman will live up to the Avengers or anything. But the rumor is is that Ben Affleck could have a standalone Batman movie after Justice League, which would be what was after Man of Steel two. So it's going to go Man of Steel 2, Justice League, then maybe a standalone Batman film for Ben Affleck. And the nice rumour is that Ben Affleck could direct that. And he's an excellent director. (laughs) So, I mean, there'd be a lot of kind of hope in that as well. But we've really got to hope that they can get this next Superman right, which also has Aquaman and also has Wonder Woman. Really? It's a very busy sounding movie. It sounds like it's going to go for three hours. Sounds like a disaster. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm a little bit worried about it, but I think everyone's (laughs) going to see it because of the new Batman. Absolutely, absolutely. We all we've seen Superman now, and now Batman will be introduced very early on. Jeremy Irons is playing Alfred. That's interesting. I don't know. Uh, we're I'm, definitely I'm, I'm pretty it. worried now that you mentioned all this. <laughs> well, just just it seems busy. There seems like there's yeah. a lot to get through. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, as I said, we'll probably cover that on a future episode of Pod Me if you can. Um, we've also got to get to some requests for our YouTube channel. Now, in the YouTube channel, we find obscure films with uh, famous stars in them, and we discuss them. We've recently put up episode 43 i think it is as we're approaching episode 50 yep we have uh, an exclusive on this episode i'm going to let people know (laughs) that we're going to be doing a full week of episodes of youtube videos just dedicated to one actor and lloyd would you like to reveal who that actor is it's nicholas cage man Nicolas Cage got to feature on our website when uh, Guilty Pleasure Movies 1 came out. Uh, I was talking about Con Air being a Guilty Pleasure movie of mine. Uh, Nicolas Cage has done a lot of movies. He's had a lot of craziness. And uh, there's some obscure ones you probably haven't heard of. We've found four of them. And every second day of the week when we start that one up, uh, it's going to be in the lead up to the 50th episode. We're going to be talking about Nicolas Cage's movies. And uh, each one will feature a Nicolas Cage moment. It's going to be so awesome. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, if you guys want to subscribe, if you're on YouTube, you can subscribe to our channel or just keep an eye on our um, website. Website. www.podmeifyoucan.com The YouTube is youtube.com slash podmeifyoucan. So you can find either way there. And... um, Lloyd, I just wanted to say one of the trailers I saw when I saw Edge of Tomorrow, I definitely want to do. Uh, and that's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I still haven't seen the first one. I so badly want to see the first one because that trailer looked incredible. I think uh, you're definitely going to have to check it out and it's going to be a real treat for you as well. Because I love uh, the like- first Planet of the Apes. I absolutely love that movie. Yeah, you like um, you like James Franco? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I still think you're going to push through. Don't worry. I don't mind James Franco. I just think he's very overrated. And I can tell he's a very, very intelligent guy as well. 
but you know i i don't know just something about the whole seth rogan crowd i i struggle with <laughs> the the frat pack if you will <laughs> Um, as always on Pod Me If You Can as well, we like to take requests. So if you guys have an idea for a film we should be discussing um, or want to give us some feedback at all, you can find us at facebook.com slash can. I'm sure you can find our Twitters as well. We're not invisible. We're out there. <laughs> so uh, Lloyd, as always, a pleasure talking about Edge of Tomorrow. And I'm sure when Tom Cruise comes out with whatever he's coming out with next, we'll be right there, won't we? Absolutely. We're big fans of Tom Cruise, despite what everyone says against him. <laughs> You know, I I think he's just a good A-lister. Like, he's just a good leading man. You kind of watch a film, you forget any of the scandal and any of the CRAP that sort of, you know, falls with Tom Cruise, like Scientology or anything like that. And you just enjoy the film. Absolutely. I have nothing against the guy. He can believe whatever he wants. And um, I, I just have to look at what's on screen, what's in front of me. And every time he's on screen, he impresses me more and more. And you know what? I don't think Tom Cruise is ever going to direct anything. Yep. I think he's always going to act. Yeah. I think that's his strength. I Absolutely. think he's in front of the camera, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, action films, sci-fi, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to enjoy and endure. Very good. All right, Lloyd, talk to you for the next one. Yep, thanks, guys. All the best. <laughs>